Predictions are dangerous. We absolutely need more inventory. The Fed doesn't actually have a lot of tools to regulate inflation. That cash has dried up. Wow, is my first thought, Bruce. If both parties don't win, it doesn't happen. The Real Look. Trending News. G'day. Today's Wednesday, March 22nd. I'm Bruce Hardy, and this is the news you need to know. Well, independent mortgage banks, IMBs, and mortgage subsidiaries of chartered banks spilled red ink in the fourth quarter of 2022. Shocker. Amid a jump in mortgage rates. These companies reported a net loss of $2,812 on each loan originated from October to December. And that's an increase of more than four times the average per loan loss of 624, which occurred in the third quarter. And that's all according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. I have to say, I am surprised that they lost that much per loan. $2,812. And really what that means for us in the real estate industry, that is not sustainable. We are going to see more lenders get out of the business until things actually turn around. Bottom line, when you consider all the business lines in mortgage production and mortgage servicing, only one in four companies were profitable in the fourth quarter of 2022. That is amazing. Only 25% of all the mortgage brokers out there actually made money in the fourth quarter. One of the things that I find really fascinating was that production revenues decreased to $9,637 per loan in the fourth quarter. By the way, total loan production expenses rose to a study high of $12,450 per loan. So revenue was $9,637 per loan and expenses were 12450 per loan. There you have it. There's the loss. Now, the average loan balance dropped to $322,225 in the fourth quarter. And by the way, that was a decline of 4% from the previous quarter's $335,940, which is indicative of a moderation in home price growth. And again, as we've seen rates tick up, we're starting to see prices come down, and that's where that's showing up. I think this is going to be for a while. We're going to see this. In fact, the Mortgage Bankers Association forecasts total industry volume is expected to pick up starting in the second quarter. So let's keep our fingers crossed. And the 30-year fixed mortgage rate is forecast to decline as the year progresses. Well, we'll cover that in a minute. Washington State mortgage holders saw their home equity fall by an average of $18,900 last quarter from the year prior. And that's according to a new report by analytics company CoreLogic. In fact, the loss was the second highest in the country behind Idaho, where borrowers saw their home equity fall by an average of $21,400. In only two other states, California and Utah, and of course, the District of Columbia, that's Washington, D.C., did homeowners see drops in home equity, the report said. In fact, about 63% of U.S. homes have mortgages, and the report said that 66,000 borrowers entered negative equity in the fourth quarter of 2022. And by the way, that was in the four states plus Washington, D.C. In the Puget Sound region, the Tacoma-Lakewood area had the highest share of mortgages with negative equity at 1.9% which, by the way, represents 3,719 mortgages. So let's get some clarity around that. What does that really mean? 
It means that those people who bought their home at the height of the market last year, and then we saw value start to drop, now have mortgages which are greater than what their homes are currently worth. On the surface, that sounds like a bad thing. And it will be if those people have to sell in a year. However, if they hang on, that value will come back and it'll right side itself. Now, as I said, Tacoma Lakewood had 1.9% of their mortgages with negative equity. Olympia Tumwater followed with 1.8% of mortgages underwater, and that represented 950. And in Seattle, Bellevue and Everett, 0.9% of mortgages had negative equity, which is another 5,677. In fact, in all three metros, the share of negative equity mortgages was sharply higher than the year before. And by the way, despite the year-over-year equity losses, the overall picture is positive for homeowners. Even in Idaho, where borrowers were the most vulnerable to losses, now remember we saw the greatest gains in the Northwest occurred in Idaho, the typical homeowner with a mortgage still has about 250000 in home equity remaining. Now, nationally, homeowners gained an average of about 14300 in equity in the fourth quarter over the year before. And that's a 7.3% increase, representing a total of $1 trillion in added wealth, according to CoreLogic's report. Now, the total number of underwater properties is now approaching levels seen at the end of 2021, which, by the way, was the lowest since the Great Recession. And during the Great Recession, negative equity peaked in the fourth quarter of 2009 at 26% of all mortgages. What we know is that if you had bought at the height of the market back in 2008, you would have had an average sales price of 222000 Now, we saw in 2009 that dropped dramatically. And actually, by 2015, we saw that back again. So at 2015, all those negative mortgages were back at par. And then, of course, how many of you wish you'd bought a home back in 2008? Single-family home purchase demand by investors remained steady in the fourth quarter of 2022, despite a dip in eye-buying and larger investor demand, according to another report released this month by CoreLogic. In fact, the share of investor purchases of single-family homes fell to 21% in June of 2022, but rebounded to 26% in September and has remained stable since that point. The investor share plateaued in the fourth quarter of last year at around two percentage points lower than its high of 28% in February of last year. However, this is still much higher, get this, than at any time pre-pandemic, said the report. Now, what's fascinating is we're seeing the big institutional investors actually pull out. Mega investors' share fell from 11% of investor purchases in September to 9% in December. In that same time frame, the small investor share rose from 45% to 48%. Now, we've given this concept, you know, the iBuyers and the institutional investors, we've given them some airtime on this podcast in previous months. And yet what is really important to know here is actually how small a percentage of the market these iBuyers and the mega investors actually represent. In fact, resale housing or people purchasing homes for themselves and mom and pop investors, right? The small investors, those are the people who have one to 10 investment properties. They represent the vast majority of the market. 
Now, what I thought was really interesting is that the only place that these mega investors, right, these institutional investors are still remaining active is mainly in the Atlanta metropolitan statistical area. It was the only MSA other than Memphis that actually had positive growth in terms of their home purchases. And the Atlanta area sales were up 10% in the fourth quarter. So no other MSA in the top 10 investment markets has a corresponding number of more than 5%, which makes Atlanta a major outlier. Interesting, prices going up, large investors are pulling out. Now some good news. Mortgage rates declined last week. And of course, the bad news was that that's because there were bank failures. After increasing steadily for over a month, mortgage rates fell last week following a deposit run that provoked a liquidity crisis in regional U.S. financial institutions and, by the way, resulted in the failures of both Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Now, Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey showed that the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was at 6.6% as of March 16, and that's down 13 basis points from the previous week. According to the survey, the same rate was 4.16 a year ago. So again, this is why affordability is impacted. A year ago, it was 4.16. Now we're down and we're actually celebrating that we're down to 6.6. That's a huge differential. Now, turbulence in the financial markets is putting significant downward pressure on rates, which should benefit borrowers in the short term. So again, as I record this podcast, we don't yet know what the Fed has decided to do with short-term interest rates. And that will be out today, and we'll talk about that certainly next week. Good news in the short term. However, February's employment and inflation data both pointed to a still hot, though slowly cooling economy. Now, all else being equal, this would likely mean a more aggressive rate hike this week in terms of the Fed's reaction. However, in light of last week's bank failures, the committee may choose to remain conservative to ensure stability in the economy. Now, whether they don't raise rates or they go back to maybe a 25 basis points rate, we'll have to see. However, the Federal Reserve is expected to increase rates slowly in the medium term because the job market remains really strong. Consequently, home prices will keep declining further. In fact, housing contributes to 45% of inflation, a share that's grown for months. So the Fed is keen on demand destruction to cool the housing market down, because without that, we won't be able to get those inflation numbers down. That's the news you need to know. Don't miss this Friday's Northern Lights episode, where we'll interview Angela Palmer with AMP Realty in Blackfoot, Idaho. Thank you again for tuning in with us on The Real Look. This podcast is produced by Marissa Frost. Visit kwnwr.com to access the show notes from today's episode. Head over to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe to The Real Look. And don't forget to leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of all things real estate.